Have you ever felt like, uh, have you ever walked into a place and really felt uninvited before? Uh, or like you're in the wrong place, or even been told that you're in the wrong place? Um, this happened to me, believe it or not, more than once. Um, yeah, I, have, I remember one time I was, uh, a, 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 before I was a pastor, I was a, a videographer. I, I, I made uh, uh, videos. And, and things like that. And I was working for a, a, a large company, and I was um, requested by one of the vice presidents to come in and film uh, one of the big meetings that they had. And it was a large kind of, um, uh, uh, well, much bigger than this. It was about four times this size of, of this place, and a lot of seating, and they had a stage, and the president of the organization was going to give a speech and talk about the things that they were going to be changing and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm in the back there, and I'm setting up the camera and everything like that. And in walks the, the president. You know, he's in, he's in there early while everyone's setting up. And, and I'm right here. You know, I'm, I'm just setting up and everything, minding my own business. And there's a couple of people that are mingling around. And he comes in, and uh, he just points right at me, and he says, what is he doing here? Yeah, uh, not to me, not, you know, but just a, a, about me. And immediately, I felt really small. I, I felt really, you know, like I was out of place. And a vice president then came and said, well, I've asked him to, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he said, you know, he's, I've, I, I personally asked him to, to come and film this. And he looked at me and said, what you see here stays in here. And I said, well, I'm recording it, you know, um, you know, so there's, that's what this camera's doing, you know, and, uh, but he was really adamant about that uh, I, I didn't belong, and I really felt uh, very much like I didn't belong, and that's in the business area, but, you know, that happened to me once even in a, um, uh, believe it or not, in, in, in pastoral settings before. Uh, I was at an annual kind of conference thing. And I got there early, and it was one of those things where the mingling was being done out here, but inside, in the doors, they were setting up for, believe it or not, um, service and communion on this. And I just got there early, and I thought, you know, if you get there early, you get to pick your seat, you know? Um, you, and so, not, not pick your seat the way you're thinking, but, you know, you get to choose where you're going to sit. And uh, so I opened the door. And a pastor who was walking down the hall said, get out, we're not ready for you, we're setting up. And I thought, wow, and you know, this is, this, yeah, clergy, we can really be doofuses sometimes, you know. And they were obviously very nervous about the setting up and stuff, but, and, and it, was, uh, it was, I just felt odd and, and sheepish, and, and what you just want to do then, you don't really want to go in after that, you just want to kind of go home, you know. And those are just times when you've just kind of accidentally walked into something, you know, or you've been in a place where, but then there's times when you're actually, like I was a, uh, when I first became a pastor, uh, and many of you have heard this story, but I was, uh, sometimes I like to be silly and, and, and things like that. <laughs> she lands looking at me like sometimes, but um, I got called into, the, I was a, an associate pastor at the time. And my job was to kind of welcome people to the service and give maybe announcements and little things like that. And sometimes I'd be a little jokey, you know, kind of like I am here. And I remember uh, being called in the next Monday into the, the pastor's office. 
and I had to sit at, you know, in front of their desk, and they were here behind their desk, and for some reason, you ever notice that when you sit at somebody, you know, when you're on the other side, they're taller than you. What is that? Why is that? Do they just set offices up like that where you're shorter than they are? I mean, I'm shorter than anybody anyways, but she was uh, there, and the other associate pastor, you ever seen The Office? Do you ever watch The Office? Do you ever notice how um, Michael Scott sits here and Dwight is behind, you know, like this, Dwight Schrute? This is what it was like. I was sitting at the, the desk, and uh, the head pastor was there, and the other associate pastor was like this. And they said, uh, we have a real problem with what you do. <laughs> that was their opening line. And I thought, wow, I've heard that in relationships, but I have not heard that in the workplace. <laughs> but <laughs> they told me that church was not a place for humor. They honestly said that. They said, church is no place for humor. It is a place of worship. It is not a place for yuck-yucks. Um, and again, I felt just so little and small. And I, uh, just, I remember walking out of the parking lot thinking, I'm, I'm just being me. And so humor is, is a natural part of me. I, I don't try to be... Uh, jokey or anything like that. It's just, it just comes out. It's just who I am. It's just, it's, uh, what you see is what you get. I'm, I'm organic. Um, and so um, I remember getting into my car just thinking, if that's, if, if that's just who I am, they don't want me for who I am. You know? And that's a small thing. You know, just being a, a, a sarcastic and, or jokey or, you know, being in a, in a job or something like that. Those, those are pretty small things. Um, but there are other people in our world that hear that on a daily basis. Uh, they, they hear it either directly by people talking to them or they hear it uh, with uh, kind of a nonverbal cues around our world that they're, they don't belong or that they're less than. And we hear that a lot in our churches. I, I knew what it was like to walk into a church in that service and say, have somebody say, get out. But I also know um, that was just a timing issue. But I also know that there's been people that have been uh, told that for, for much more. Truly for just not, we're not ready for you yet. It's you're not welcome here. And that's really sad that that's a place of, uh, uh, to me, a, a church is a place of, of love and, and kindness, right? I mean, that, I mean, that's what we're here for. So to be associated with such ugliness really hurts me. And I have a point here. I'm just not sure what it is, but we'll get there together. This uh, is Da Vinci's The Last Supper. Uh, oftentimes when people think of The Last Supper, uh, they show this, this image here. Uh, this is the 12 apostles. Apostles is different than disciples. Apostles means that you were right there with Jesus. You've met the, the physical Jesus, you know, face to face. You walked with him, you ate with him, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, the, um, the 12 were known as apostles because they were there 
uh, Paul was known as apostle because when he was on the road to Damascus, he was knocked down and he saw Jesus standing in front of him saying, why are you persecuting me? So he uh, knew that he was an apostle. A disciple is somebody that just follows Jesus, that, that uh, as a, a friend of mine from the South used to say, uh, likes the smell of what I'm stepping in, uh, which is just gross. But it's, um, they are the people that just uh, believe in Jesus, follow Jesus. And yes, there were people around that time that were disciples because they didn't have that, you know, that inner circle part. So they, were, they weren't called apostles, they were called disciples. That's would have been the people that were coming and, and going with Jesus. Remember, when he's traveling from town to town, he's not just traveling with the 12. You see that in the movies, but that's just because of budget cuts because they don't have to pay that many actors. You, when Jesus traveled, he had men, women, children. He had all kinds of people walking with him. He had his apostles and he had his disciples. So I want us to think about those two things there. This is the Jesus with his apostles. Does anyone know the names of the 12 apostles? I actually got asked this not too long ago in our Bible study and I forgot, but I always forget where I park. So I'm just, and it's the same way. Then, so we have a cheat sheet here. Uh, there we go right there. We have Bartholomew, James the Less, which is a terrible thing to be known as, but it meant the younger is what it meant. Uh, but you're younger, but then throughout history for 2,000 years, you just got the name the Less, which is just horrible for him. Andrew, Judas, Peter, John, there's Jesus, Thomas, James the Great, which meant older, um, Philip, Matthew, Thaddeus, and Simon. We don't know a whole lot about these folks, really. You know, there's, there's traditions and there's the, you know, what they did to spread the message and everything like that. But we don't, we don't know too much uh, about Andrew, for example. Did you know that his hobby was crossword puzzles? A lot of people, that's, they don't know that, you know. Um, Thaddeus had a, a master's de degree in uh, golf course management. <laughs> Truly. I mean, that's, they all had their hobbies and, and things like that, you know. Um, Philip liked to paint, you know, not anything artsy. He just loved to paint, you know, walls and things like that. You know, he could do a hutch in about five minutes. I can tell you one thing. I doubt they looked like this. I, I really doubt that. Um, if you uh, look at the first century... And historians have been able to look at uh, art from the first century. They've been able to look at literature. They've been able to uh, look at historical records. They've been able to um, dig up bones and reconstruct and everything like that. People looked a little bit different than this. They kind of look like the people that live in the Middle East now, which is a little bit different than this. Uh, and a lot of people make the argument that there's the disciples, but Jesus did look like this. He was... Tall, blonde, blue-eyed. Um, keep in mind that in, when Judas came the night that he was captured, Judas had to identify Jesus by kissing him on the cheek. If Jesus was the only tall, blonde, blue-eyed person, I think the Romans would go, forget the kiss, that's him. We know that that's him. You know, he's six foot the average height, and I've mentioned this before because I'm gonna, I want it ingrained into your skulls here, the average height of a uh, 
Middle Eastern person at that time was five, between 5'3 five, and 5'6. So I would have been considered a giant at 5'6. So we have a little bit of a discrepancy. They were probably looked different than this. They probably didn't all sit on the one side of the table. As a matter of fact, they didn't sit at a table. Uh, they reclined. I've mentioned this before. They, had, uh, they would have these, um, you, ever, you know what a fainting couch is? Uh, sometimes they would have fainting couches. Sometimes they would have uh, pillows on the, on, the, on the floor there. The idea, the, the tradition that was said is that we've spent, you know, uh, 40 years wandering and working and slaving and everything like this. And we, now we rest. And so it was um, the, the, the fashionable to recline when you ate. They did sit at times, but when they ate, they reclined. Um, this is actually a painting that I like. This is from uh, 1906. Or no, it's even older than that. I can't remember. It's a very old painting. Uh, but the thing I like about it is that it has a little bit of a, more of a rawness to it than the Da Vinci's painting. It has a little bit more of an uh, uh, undescribableness to it. You don't really know how many people are there. You don't really know who's who. Um, in the upper right, it looks like William Shakespeare did attend. So that's, you know, nice. He was able to write about it. But it's... It's just a little bit more raw. But the question that we have, though, is truly, this is the Last Supper. This is the supper where Jesus sat down with his people, and he gave the first communion. They were celebrating Passover, and he was saying, I am now your sacrificial lamb. I am going to give my life for you because I love you. We oftentimes, when we see the image, we see him standing there and we see the apostles right here. And that's it. But how many people were actually there? Who was there? Were there people that felt like they were invited? And were there people there that, that weren't invited? If we look at the scripture, if we actually go to the scripture and investigate who was there, we have like this. We have in Mark, uh, Jesus asked two disciples to go prepare the Passover meal. Remember, disciples. Now, the gospel is pretty clear about apostles and disciples and things like that, okay? And so he asked the disciples to go prepare the meal. And then Jesus came in with the 12. And it actually says, the 12, okay? So we know that that's the 12. So according to Mark, there's 15 people there. Disciples could be male or female. Now, traditionally, in this time, in the first century, the people that would go and prepare the meal would be women. So, if we look at Mark's gospel here, we can already think that there are at least two women present at this time. That already breaks that, that painting a little bit. There's, there's already somebody missing in that painting if we go by this. Matthew indicates an unspecified number of disciples. It just says disciples in addition to the 12 that attended. So it's saying the 12 and disciples. So that could be a number of things, right? Now think of this. There are always discrepancies in, in the Bible. If you, if you saw, you know, I'll tell you, we, we've, we've all seen this scenario before, but if, if you witness something in history and you witness something in history, we brought you to court. If your um, testimonies matched exactly, the judge would throw it out because they'd think that you had been coached. If there's a discrepancy, then they know that you're seeing something 
And you're remembering the things that were important to you at the time. You're remembering the things that are important to you at the time. So the discrepancies that we see in Scripture, that actually gives it, uh, in, in my opinion and view and, and that of many others, it gives it merit. It actually makes it more real. And so the discrepancies can kind of help us in this way. So we've already seen a discrepancy between Matthew and Mark, and we're still confused as to who was there and how many people were there. Luke mentions apostles without a specific number and doesn't indicate whether just apostles were in attendance. In other words, it leaves it open. It doesn't say just the the apostles. It doesn't say how many apostles. It just says Jesus and and some apostles. It doesn't say whether or not there were disciples. It doesn't say anything like that. So the door is open. Again, if you're walking and you're, you're... Telling the story later on, and you want to just mark it down, you might say, Jesus, and oh, there was the, uh, some apostles over there. John only mentions disciples. It doesn't even mention apostles. It mentions disciples without any specifics. So, if you were a historian, educated, you have a master's degree or something like that. You're, you're teaching a lecture. You're, you're doing all of this kind of stuff. Your educated guess is going to be, I don't know. I don't know who was there. I don't know if all of the, the uh, apostles were there. I don't know if there were other disciples there. I don't know. Uh, but you know what? Passover is a religious holiday. And... I've known some people that have celebrated Passover. And what they do is they don't, it's not a big, uh, uh, where they go to a place of worship. It's in their homes. And, and who do they invite? They invite friends, family. And it's not so serious. They have serious parts of it, but it's also, there's games involved. There's, there's a game where, where uh, parents hide things from the kids, and the kids go and find things. There are uh, specific times of uh, joy and laughter. Just like when, if you have people over for Easter. How many, are, are you planning to have people over for Easter? Are you going to sit there and invite only a specific amount and sit there stoic and like they do in the movies where you just say, this is the thing of the stuff and the, where we remember the thing and all this kind of stuff and everything like that. Or are you going to have jokes? Are you going to be sarcastic? Is there going to be roughhousing? Is there going to be fun and joy? And if there is, don't you want the people you love there? And are the people you love specifically to just a few? Or is it also... Friends and family? Is it spouses? Is it in-laws? Is it grandkids? Aunts, uncles? When we get together, we get together. And we usually don't say they can come, but they can't. And there's probably some we wish didn't come, but when we gather, it is, it's raw. It's, it's just organic. And it can be fun. And if we look at the Last Supper like this, see, I'm going to get in trouble because sometimes in, in churches, they t- this is one of the things, this is the service that I'm supposed to be really serious at because I'm supposed to be really, really stoic. But I want us to point out that this was probably a celebration. Jesus had his last time on earth here. 
with his friends for three years. These weren't just students of his. They were friends. They were people he loved and cherished. The disciples around him were people he looked forward to seeing. It was his last meal with them. He was delighted to have them there. And from what I read of Jesus, I have to think that it was more than just his inner circle of 12. If Judas was there, I have a feeling that others were there too. Friends, family. Peter talks about, you know, that he had a a wife and a mother-in-law. Were they there? We always say, you know, that Peter just uprooted everything and, and left. Well, there's some things that he did give up. We don't know if he gave up his family or if his family went with him. We like to assume things in, media, in, 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 uh, in movies and, and, and things to make our, our biblical heroes look like heroes. Sacrifice and everything. And many of them, with their heart was changed, they did sacrifice a lot. But throughout Jesus' ministry, he also talked about the importance of family, the importance of friends, the importance of children. How many times did he say, be childlike? How many times did he say, let the children come to me? Does that make you think that there might have been children there? Them doing the Passover, the, the meal and the tradition and everything. Were there kids running around? Were there kids being obnoxious? Were there things being knocked over? Were there drinks being spilled? Did anyone spill the blood of Christ? Very well could have. If we think of it that way, it becomes more real to us. If we think about who could be there, we think about what it would have been like if that dinner were today. Would you be there? And if so, who are you? Who who would you bring with you? Hey, we're having... We're having Easter supper with Jesus. You want to come? And the beauty about it is, is that when you do that, when you send out an open invitation like that, you get truly everybody. You get people of different ages. You get people of different nationalities. Jesus, remember, and his disciples, he had people that weren't just Israelites. His core group was But he had people that were new to this and curious. I imagine there were probably people there at this supper that had no idea what the Passover was and was just watching it for the first time. And I imagine that there were people there with differing opinions. Remember, before the supper, there were people that were having little squabbles of who was going to be first in the kingdom of heaven. They still didn't get it. They, they still were struggling with all of this kind of stuff. There were bickerings and fights, just like if you did have family. There's going to be the fun and stuff, and there's going to be the little arguments and tiffs and all that kind of stuff. And in this upper room was just a wonderful gathering of people. And I would like to think that if we had this today that we would invite people. People of different ages, people of different colors, people of different lifestyles, people of different political views, just people. And I would pray that we would be able to sit around, joke, 
Maybe have disagreements. And just like Neighbors Church has been in the past, and I hope it will be in the future, we will have children running amok. Neighbors has always had a little bit of chaos to it. And I love that. Because it's been organic, it's been real. And that is what the Last Supper was. Jesus never expected to walk with a cape with a light shining on his head and to to sit there holy. He was a person that loved people. He was a person that was willing to get dirty. He was a person that was willing to wash the feet of other people. It wasn't about pomp and circumstance or, or high church or no humor. It was about dinner with friends. And, and that is when he, the portable communion cup, they carried, you know, John took these with him. They were made of sheepskin, quite gross. But I, I picture people sitting around like this. And, and maybe the, the 12 were, were seating uh, sat closest to Jesus. In the Bible, it mentions, you know, members that were right up there with him. But I picture a room with a lot of people laughing and joking and enjoying the, the meal. And then I, I picture Jesus saying, uh, hang on a second, everybody. You see, they didn't really know what was going to happen, but Jesus did. And I, and I picture... Jesus saying, um, and you can join me. Taking the bread, breaking it, looking at his friends, his family, and saying, Passover is about sacrifice and everything like that, but I want you to know that today I'm your sacrifice. This, This is my body, and it's for you. And then they took a bite. And then after the meal, they, I could see them sitting around enjoying some wine. And I could see Jesus saying, hey, everybody, uh, you know the blood of the Passover. This is, this is the blood of the new covenant. This is the blood that I shed for you because I love you. And then they drank the wine. Could it have been as simple as that? Could it have been without the orchestral music? Could it have been without the, the mood lighting? Could it have been raw? Could, while he was doing that, could there have been children still running amok, being silly, knocking things over? I'd like to think that there was. And I'd also like to think that in the first century that there was representation there of everybody. But if there wasn't, we remember that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he says this to his disciples, not the apostles, to the disciples. If you're a follower of Jesus, do this in remembrance of me. In other words, take this into your homes, wherever they are, however they're made up, whoever's there, however different they are, 
and know that I love you. That's why Monday, Thursday doesn't seem like something that we have to be depressed about, but rather something we can celebrate. Just like the Lord's Prayer, this is not something that we have to be gloomy about. This is a hopeful message from Christ to us about bringing love from the kingdom of God and celebrating that on earth, about being able to forgive ourselves and being able to forgive those around us. It's perfect, you know, whenever we have family get-togethers and we know there's going to be uh, chaos and we should start out with this. Rules of the house. Let's, let's recite it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I don't know how many people were at that Last Supper, but I do know that when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, it means we get to recreate that. And for me, that means that everybody's invited. And that truly means if you are here for the first time, if you are watching this for the first time, if you are wondering Now, I know that there are churches, I know that there are places where you open that door and on the door they say everyone's invited, but once you get in there, they have an alternate message. I know that. I know people that have have walked into places and they have felt welcomed at first and then not, not welcomed because of either who they are or whatever reason. I want you to know you're welcome. Because that's who we are. And who are we? We're disciples of Jesus Christ. Who has amazing grace. 